Welcome to Your Wellbeing Podcast, brought to you by the Mind Body Spirit Festival. Today, I'm joined by Richie Bostock, who you may know as the Breath Guy. Richie is a leading figure and evangelist for breathwork, which is seen as the next revolution in health and wellness. He's a breathwork coach, author, and speaker, and it's his mission to spread the life-changing possibilities of breathwork to the world. So welcome, Richie. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here chatting with you. Thanks for being with us, Richie. For our listeners who may not know, could you share the story of how you came across and decided to explore breathwork as your main offering? Yeah, well, it's, it's um, you know, they don't give university degrees for breathwork. So mm. it wasn't the first thing that I decided to do. I used to work in management consulting. That was right. my first job at a university. And um it was actually because of my dad that I found breathwork. And it's really funny how life can be like that sometimes. You're mm. not necessarily searching for it, but it just comes into your life anyway. Mm. So uh, my dad years ago was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, mm-hmm. which is an autoimmune disease. Yeah. And uh, I was searching for ways to be able to help him because like most autoimmune diseases, there's no set cure. There's no yeah. take this pill and it's gone. It's usually uh, lifestyle changes, diet changes, these kinds of things that really help to manage symptoms and you know, for some people are stuck with it forever, you know. And it's one that it's it's one of those that gets progressively worse exactly. Over time. You know, so it's not just that you have it and that's it. In my in my um my grandmother actually had MS. Right. So we got to see firsthand like the the degeneration of yeah. what it can do to somebody. Yeah. So you know, she went from perfectly healthy woman to walking mm. with a cane to walking with crutches to mm. being in a wheelchair to not being able to move. So you know, it was a big shock to the family when dad was diagnosed quite young too. You know, mm. in his early fifties. So I was looking for ways to be able to help him, and I came across a podcast with a, a man by the name of Wim Hof, yes, known as the Iceman. Yes, yeah. Definitely. And uh, so Wim's technique, for those of you who haven't heard of him before, he's called mm-hmm. the Iceman because he um, has 20-something world records all related to cold exposure. So crazy things like swimming under ice for the longest distance, nearly summiting Everest, just wearing shorts and hiking boots and nothing else. Mm. He uh, developed this technique that's great for everyone's health and well-being that he discovered through his own journey of being able to do all these cold stunts. And it involves uh, breath work or breathing techniques and just general cold exposure as well. So it could be as simple as taking a cold shower. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was talking on this podcast about how it is great for everybody's health, but really seems to be effective for people who have autoimmune problems. So I was like, well, maybe there's something to this. This is exciting. Mm -hmm. And, uh, did a bit of research, found out that it was just a breathing routine and taking a cold shower to begin with. So <laughs> I went to my dad and he's uh, like, um, well, I was born in the UK, but grew up in Australia. So mm. I considered myself Aussie and dad's proper British, you know. And uh, when I was like, hey, dad, so this, uh, this Dutch guy called the Iceman says that if you do some breathing techniques and take a cold shower every day, it's going to help your MS. What do you think? <laughs> How did you re- respond to that? Um, I think he just stared at me for a little while until I left the room. <laughs> you know, actually, it was over a Skype call, so he actually just, like, hung up. No. Um, no, but he, he obviously he was, you know, thought it was bizarre. Yeah. But sometimes you have a really good feeling about things. So I ended up traveling uh, to Poland to spend a week learning the technique. So we were in Poland in this tiny little village in the middle of winter doing all the crazy stuff that Wim does. You know, hiking so was it with Wim or was it with, uh, one, it was of with Wim, it was one of his trainers? Mm-hmm. I ended up training with Wim later when I became an instructor. Yeah. Um, but my first experience was, was just with one of his trainers. And um, yeah, the, it was the most incredible experience, you know, hiking through the snow, yeah. just in your shorts, uh, swimming in the ice, water, 
climbing the tallest mountain in Poland, got up to minus 19 degrees, you know, it was freezing. And uh, it was just the most amazing experience. So you went on this journey by yourself. By so your myself. Dad wasn't with you. Yeah, because... But you believed in it somehow. That it you just have a gut feeling that sometimes it's important, you know. Yeah. And, you know, after doing a bit of research, even I decided even if, you know, it doesn't help Dad, I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic experience anyway. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so I basically made a deal with him. I said, I'm going to... I was living in Hong Kong at the time. And I was like, I'm, if I travel to the other side of the world and climb a, a mountain in my shorts in the middle of winter... And I survived. Will you at least think about like giving this a go and see what you think? And he said, yes. Yeah. So, so I ended up bringing the technique back to dad. And, you know, to this day, he does his breathing every day, cold wow. showers every day. Um, he changed his diet as well, which is very, very important for any autoimmune stuff. Okay. So not linked to the techniques or just... No, completely well separate. Yeah. Changes. That was just one of the other lifestyle yeah. changes that he had to make. Mm. Um, and the progression of his MS since he's been doing it just completely stopped in his tracks. Wow. You know, these autoimmune issues, along with other issues like Parkinson's disease, for mm. example, you know, I think even in the States are classified as diseases of despair, like right. actually by the health system, where there is a real recognition in the emotional, mental aspect of contributing to physical mm. manifestation of symptoms. Mm. So mm. I, um, I think, you know, anything that helps people to come back into their bodies more uh, is so, so useful. Um, and it doesn't have to be breathing or the breathing is a great way to do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could be, it could be any sort of physical activity. Mm-hmm. It could be meditation. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some very interesting people who are doing a lot of great self-healing work purely through meditation. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, something I've been exposed to in the last couple of years and it's blown my mind. So yeah, cause you came into it from, from the background of looking into breath work mm. and then coming towards meditation, whereas some people maybe go the other way. They've, they've started with yoga or meditation and then they find breath work and then they find the sort of simpatico yeah. nature, nature of it as well. Exactly. It was the exact opposite. You yeah. know, I, I, my, my first real, I did a little bit of TM before mm-hmm. I, um, I found uh, breath work, but really like the, the genesis of this, path for me was mm. with uh, the Wim Hof method yes and after that I spent the next I think uh, three and a half years or so um, traveling all over the world because I just became obsessed with breathing I was like what else are other people doing with breathing so perhaps you can tell us a little bit about the other teachers that you were also exposed to that influenced what you're doing and sharing now yeah well after I found the Wim Hof method and then started to have search thank god for google these days oh, right yes. you have access to everybody yeah now. so i started i googled i just typed in breath work and you know you just get pages and pages and pages of people um and where were you in the world at this time still you in hong kong. hong kong yeah so i was living in hong kong at the time um and uh some of the most profound teachers i've had all teach a style of breath work that we can be classified under as uh, integrated breath work mm-hmm. so it's these very deep Styles of breath work where you go into massively altered states of consciousness mm-hmm. for physical, mental, emotional, spiritual healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for me, having come from management consulting, and the cool thing about Wim Hof Method and why it's very popular is that it's very approachable. Yes. You know, they try and base as much of it as possible in science and use language that anyone can understand. But once you start to get to some of these other styles of breath work, it mm-hmm. becomes a little bit more... Uh, for lack of a better term, love and light, you know? Yes. And for a lot of people, it's a little bit hard to, to mm. take on. And I was at that point in my life at that at that stage. Yeah. But 
it didn't really matter because the experiences that I was having through it just made me go, okay, there is really something yeah. here. So, so Judith Kravitz was uh, a teacher uh, in something called Transformational Breath, yes. which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, she was the founder of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a, a good stint with Dan Brule, did mm-hmm. an apprenticeship under him. And he is one of the original uh, rebirthers. So rebirthing is kind of one of the first breathwork therapeutic modalities that have came up out of the West. You right. Know, um, you know, it's been used in ancient cultures yes, forever, yes. right? But For coming out of, of years. Yeah, exactly. But coming out of the West in, modern, in this uh, modern time, rebirthing was one of the first ones that kind of got some traction mm-hmm. alongside something called holotropic breathwork mm-hmm. by a man mm-hmm. named Stan Groff, yeah. who I also got to, to meet and do some sessions with. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's these men. Uh, Gitan Tonkov is another amazing man who's created something called biodynamic breathwork. A great another great one for trauma mm. um, yeah there are so many different types of breath work and they have some commonalities like there's a, at the core there's a lot of similarities but they all kind of add their own flavor different ways of looking at things mm. adding other different techniques on top like movement or body work or mm. sounding mm. Um, and uh, yeah it's it's in these styles of integrated breath work that I from my I can say had my own massive transformation mm. and um, it wasn't, you know, the thing that just kept resonating with me over and over again was, I can't believe that this is happening just by breathing. Yeah. And that was the big, you know, aha moment for me was, I can see what, what's happening for me and I can see what's happening for the people around me who are having these incredible experiences. How is it that not like everyone doesn't know about this? Yeah. It to me seems like criminal, you know, because... We all breathe mm. and we all, it's not adding anything to you. It's, yeah. you know, once you learn how to do it and you become comfortable, it's like free medicine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was, that was the genesis of me saying, you know what, There's, this is too important not to share with the world. Can I ask you actually, because you already talked about your experience, your first experience with it, which which was with Wim Hof and doing all these extreme things. That's why everyone knows the Iceman because, you know, he does a lot of extreme things, extreme temperatures and it builds up resilience and you can do these incredible things that you wouldn't normally do. Mm-hmm. But how can you experience transformation in a more real way? Because then you said you tried these other techniques and, and there was a lot of transformation going on. If we're not talking about looking at the extremes of temperature and environment and, mm. and or, or extreme health conditions, what did you experience? What was your experience on that journey? So most integrative styles of breath work won't involve climbing a mountain or anything yes. like that in your shorts. It will be being in a very safe space uh, where you'll often just be lying down mm. and then using certain breathing techniques for an extended period of time, usually anywhere between an hour and sometimes sometimes three hours. Like holotropic breath work sessions are pretty long. Yes, um, very long. But, uh, but you lie and you breathe in certain ways and each st- school will change their style of breath slightly. Um, you know, the interesting is the science is trying to catch up now to exactly understanding why people can have certain experiences just by breathing you know it's just so accessible and easy to do right Mm. like you Mm. know in fact you know i do a lot of work uh even in corporate settings where you have a lot of people who understand the ideas of meditation and mindfulness but both the m words are still a little bit like oh like it seems like it's quite hard to grasp you know but i think everyone kind of gets a feeling that if you know my breathing is a bit important then maybe it makes sense that if i breathe in certain ways it might change something for me Mm. um so yeah i agree like it's just accessible Mm. i think it also helps because the mind isn't something tangible but the body is Mm. and the breath is that link right between the body and the mind so 
we can't imagine working with our mind, with the mind, you know, fire with fire. Um, but so using the body. The, yeah, using the body mm. or then, you know, more specifically to what you do, using the breath um, triggers triggers all of these changes. Yeah. Um, I also found that from some of the amazing testimonials that people have given of, of, of your workshops or your retreats or even sessions that you do at festivals, drop-in things, which, which are accessible for everyone. Um, you work with everyone, including people with bipolar, ADHD, trauma and anxiety. Mm-hmm. So does everyone benefit from the techniques you share? Are, are there any people that can't do these techniques for whatever reason? So I think that there is a breathing technique for everybody, but it is personal. Like, you know, your relationship to your breath is very, very personal. And, you know, for example, if you have somebody who is in a certain, has a certain condition or, um, you know, has a, you know, particularly when we talk about things like psychosis, you have to be very careful, you know, lying down and doing super ventilation for three hours straight probably isn't going to be the best thing to get them started with, you know, it might, it might not be so good, which is why it's very, very important to be aware of, of the people who you're working with from yeah. a breathworker perspective. Um, but uh, at the same time, there are very gentle techniques as well mm. that are so, so powerful. Is it possible for you to know that though, when you are doing these events? Because because you've exploded in, in the UK mm. wellness scene over the last couple of years and it's very, very accessible. Is it possible for you to actually know everyone's background in that sort of environment or workshop? Or is there an element of faith that it's all going to be fine with the techniques that you're going to be doing in the room for those people and just hope that no one's going to have a psychotic breakdown in the middle of it? So, so that is the, um, that's where you have to really understand what the techniques do. Oh. Because you're absolutely right, you know, like, for example, if you wanted to do a deep uh, let's say transformational breath session mm. or even you know rebirthing these 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 you know really deep um, powerful modalities mm. you know you, ideally you want to be having one facilitator for every four yeah. to five people at least yeah, you know exactly. um, so there are ways to be able to change the breathing so that it doesn't create such a big um, or deep effect you know you can give people a lot of benefit in 20 minute sessions 30 minute sessions but not necessarily using the, the integrative styles of breath work. It's actually changing it. So creating something that would be safe for everybody to do that still delivers something profound, but doesn't necessarily dive into the stuff, yeah. if that makes sense. And, yeah. But that's where you have to be very careful because yes. you have to understand exactly what each part of um, or what each part of a breath does. Yeah. So, you know, there's, you know, connected breathing styles that a lot of these integrative styles use, you know, why does that work versus what happens when I do a breath hold? What happens when I take deeper inhales or shallower inhales? What happens when I breathe in the belly versus the chest? What happens when I exhale differently? You know, it, if you understand what all these different things do, yes. then you can start to create some sort of routine that's actually very safe for everyone, yet still is quite profound. So that's the thing you have to be careful. You know, I did a session uh, in Hyde Park last year for a British Summertime Festival. Yeah over 2,000 people, Yes, you know, and there's yeah. no way you can you yeah. know, get all the medical forms just yeah. saying everything that they or do. Or even making sure that everyone in the room, because that's basically in Hyde Park, that everyone's yeah. actually doing what you're guiding them to do. They exactly. might actually be off on one themselves yeah. to some extent, yeah. as we all do, you know, of course. When you're, whenever you're in a yeah. room. Yeah, and in that sense, you know, there's definitely an element of trust. Yes. You know, trust that something is working that's mm. perhaps bigger than me or that that's holding that space. But at the same time, there is a very um, strategic way to make sure that you create a, a safe experience for everyone in a very responsible way. 
Yes. And uh, for me, that's always the yeah. number one priority, right? Is making sure everyone walks out of there feeling better than when they left, than when they arrived. <laughs> yeah. You know, so um, I, I completely agree with you. And it's it's interesting. Probably, what has held breathwork back in a lot of instances is the fact that everyone, most of these deep breathwork styles, has been like you just have to, you know, breathe deep for a long time, and you're gonna have this profound breakthrough. And and for some people, that's definitely not appropriate. Yeah. You know and mm-hmm. Yeah, if I do one-to-one work, you know, there's a lot of um, an ungathering un- un- of information, understanding as to mm. what exactly is going to help this person the most. You know, is it softer techniques? Because actually the soft techniques would be just as profound as the hard ones. Mm. Truly, mm. you know, there's something called coherence breathing, um, mm. which uh, is very, very slow, gentle, deep breathing, but has mm. actually shown to be incredibly uh, effective for people with uh, PTSD. For example, yes, yes. Um, and there's some really great stuff being done around that studies as well. Yeah, there is yeah, a so. lot. So, if someone's coming to breathwork, do they need to know all of them? Because you've done quite an extensive amount of personal research. You went out there, you made it quite an international endeavor to learn from all these amazing teachers all over the world. Is it is it important for everyone else to also go on that journey, or is it okay to choose? one that they like like say they come to one of your sessions and and then they like that is it okay to just be with that one of course i mean it it really depends on on what you want to get out of it you know like for many people Mm. people are just looking for something to help them with what is the most common trauma of these days which is chronic stress and you know and anxiety yeah um and so they don't necessarily need to travel to Bali yeah. or travel to Mexico. Exactly. If if all you're needing is just some some tools for yourself to be able to, mm. to manage. Mm. Um, but then at the same time there are a lot of people and I guess, you know, I'm an example, but I, I have one of those personalities is where when I find something, mm. I just become like obsessed. Like yeah. I just I just become very, very I love to dive very deep yes. with it. Clearly. I mean yeah. <laughs> but um but for many people, you know, if you get something that works for you, then that's all you need. Yeah. Um and in I but I also encourage people who are in the breathwork industry to try different styles yes. because yeah. you know, for example, there are some techniques of breath work that are very prescriptive mm. with like A leads to B leads to C leads to D in terms of process. And then there are other styles of breath work, which is very intuitive, mm-hmm. like just trust that yes. what is supposed to happen is what's supposed to happen. The practitioner barely gets involved. It's mostly about holding space. And then they just allow the person to move through their own process. Mm-hmm. So, so what's yours? If someone comes to something with you, which of those two uh, ends of the spectrum, where is, where is your work? Probably in the middle. Yeah, I would say it's it's tricky because it really depends. Yeah. It actually really, really depends on, on what that person needs. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could say I would be intuitive and in trying to understand, mm-hmm. okay, this person needs more direction and more intervention or this person is, is actually, that would hinder their process and they need more space. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to groups and if I'm doing, like you say, some of these big festivals, yeah. it's very prescriptive. Just for that exact idea of you need to keep people on the journey with me. Yes. Because otherwise, like you said, who knows where they're going to go. So when I teach breath work in these big groups, I basically don't stop talking the entire time. Mm. Whereas most breath work in groups, it's like set you off and go. Right. And, whereas, and let, let the reactions and chemicals exactly. take, take and then, and then you have And then you have individual practitioners who would come and do like, mm-hmm. you know, personal intervention if needed. But uh, for me... I, the way I kind of see it is it's almost kind of like a yoga class. Yes. So I'm, the, I'm going to be the anchor. Mm. Stay with me. And I'm going to lead you through the process. Mm. 
because that way it becomes much more safe. And yes. particularly for people who have never done breath work before, yeah. uh, they need that anchor. They need that someone to hold them there saying, okay, I'm feeling some different things happening now, but yeah. he's there and he's saying it's okay and it's safe and I can relax. Mm. <sighs> okay, this is not so, this is interesting. Mm. And then the magic's on the other side of that. Yes, so, um, but yeah, it really just depends on the situation. Mm. Um, one question I really wanted to ask you was that, are any of the techniques that you share something that you've personally developed or devised or are you sharing the results of your of your research i would say that you always stand on the back of giants right Mm. so i would say the majority of things that i would teach in terms of individual techniques have already been taught whether because to be honest with you if you look at pranayama like any way of breathing has basically been covered by pranayama you know (laughs) so 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 i would say you know i wouldn't be developing got it all down yeah that's it that's it smart you know um so i wouldn't say there's anything brand new that i'm teaching what i would say is brand new is the way of presenting it and combining it Mm. so that's actually very special which has contributed to you know your huge success you've been really great with that yeah i i think um that's what is interesting is because science you can now understand with um, uh, tools that you can use to measure mm. things very easily. So mm. you can you don't need to go to a lab to measure yes. EEG or HIV anymore. Yeah. So you can get commercial devices that you can sit down and do different techniques mm. and see what's going on. You know, I have something called the capnometer, which measures blood gas levels. Yeah. So what I do with my sessions is I actually create the session based off, okay, I know that this will have this effect on the nervous system. Mm-hmm. It will have this effect on the gases in your blood. Mm-hmm. And then I want to take them here and then actually measure it. Yeah. and see what it does um, and see it like see the data in front of me um, so that's I think quite unique and this isn't necessarily unique but it's something I'm very proud of is yeah. also the setting that I create in terms of immersion and the music yes. uh, because for me the music is probably just as important as the breathing in some ways so tell us about the music in your events so the music I create I, I call Are you them, creative? Uh, you use I use already created music, mm-hmm. but I have an audio engineering background, which means that I'm very... As well. Lo- as well, <laughs> Many yeah. hats, many hats, Richard. It's all contributed to <laughs> yes. this, you know. Yeah. It's very funny how life works out like that. Um, but uh, I yeah. wish everyone could see the look on your face as well. It's a look of complete inspiration when you <laughs> said that. As, you know, it, it has all led to you being able to put those together. I, I you know, I, that's the one thing that I always talk to people about when... Um, Maybe they're struggling for what to do next. They feel mm. lost or maybe struggling with ideas around purpose mm. is that you just don't know where life is going to take you and you just don't know what's going to get thrown in front of you. Mm. So me being a great example, right? Going from management consultant to breath work, you know, it, you, you can't, you can't plan that. Yeah. So there has to be an element of trust and there has to be an element of just being open to, okay, let's just see where this is going to take me. Mm. Um, and just take baby steps along the way. But the music um, is, uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't create the music, but I take music that exists and I, I mix it together based mm-hmm. off the kinds of energy and based off the section of the journey. So I actually call them breathwork journeys mm-hmm. because each, each session, whether it's 10 minutes or two hours, mm-hmm. there, there's a specific journey that, was, that we're going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing as well I just, um, that I integrate a lot is visualization and meditative techniques okay so we're not always doing breathing sometimes yeah. it's actually meditation you know but the two complement each other so well yes, so to even go one back leads and forth to the between other. the two yeah exactly mm. and you know my meditation practice started after really my breathwork practice mm. and i felt like i was able to 
um, you know, go into that so much easier because I've been doing breathwork for so long. I actually wanted to ask you that, actually, um, of all the things we talked about, which is your favourite technique? Breathwork technique? Yeah, breathwork technique. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> if you had to pick, you know, perhaps yeah. we've whittled it down to maybe your top five to ten that you've mentioned already, because yeah. I'm sure there's more that you know of. Um, what's your favourite one? You know, look, if, if there's one thing that... I would pick to teach, let's mm-hmm. just put it that way, that I think could give the most benefit for mm-hmm. and with the largest impact for most people. It probably would be um, not necessarily one school of breath, so not necessarily transformational breath or rebirthing or, mm-hmm. or you know, any of the others, but the connected breathing mm-hmm. aspect. So it sounds like deep, it's, it, well, it's deep breaths in, relaxed exhales out, usually through the mouth, although some will, will change it. Um, and maintaining that for a period of time because one it's so simple mm. and you know that idea of, of the connected breath is probably the core, core concept for almost any style of integrated breath work mm-hmm. and that um, by itself can create the most incredible changes yes um, so that's your favorite one to teach yeah what's your favorite one to practice <laughs> mm. my favorite practice is a sigh Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's the thing I probably use the most. So okay. a sigh acts as a natural um, uh, reset for the mind and the body. Um, if you think about it, when we sigh is usually when something's done. So like we get home after a long day and we sit on the couch and, oh, that's done. Or something, you know, it's a sign that something's finished. And so um, you can actually just use that as a... Um, as a meditation for yourself, this mm. was taught to me by Dan Brule, uh, the idea of using size and relief as a specific te- breath technique. So you could take some nice big deep breaths in through the nose and then just sigh out through the mouth and just keep doing that over and over and over again. Yeah. And you're taking uh, advantage of a natural reflex that already exists in the body. I glanced over at our sound engineer during that point because Erin and I are, are big sighers. We <laughs> sigh a lot. So, you know, you're doing breath work without even realising it, Erin. Well, you know, what's interesting, though, is that if you're doing unconscious sighing, it could be a, a sign of something else. Yeah. That's the fun thing. So there's, And that's why, you know, a lot of people talk to me when they do some of these deeper breath techniques and they go, aren't I just hyperventilating? But with breath, because it's the only system in the body that's conscious and unconscious, um, it, there's a big difference in terms of what happens unconsciously and what happens when you do it. Mm. And the effects are very, very different. Yeah. So With intention. With intention, yeah. exactly. Um, so, so, yeah. Do you practice the same thing every day or do you mix it up? Mix it up. What will usually happen though is... Is I'll... this what you also recommend to your, to your clients? Clients, yeah. yeah. So, so what I would suggest is getting into a habit of doing something consistently first, mm. you know, and then building up from there because micro habits create macro habits. And it takes, a, I guess it takes a little while for you to become really in tune with your body before you start to go, okay, now I understand that when I feel this way, that this breath te- technique would be good for me versus when I feel this way. Um, so mine changes every morning, but in terms of structure, I'll always do some sort of breathing and then meditation afterwards. Okay. And I would usually recommend it in that, and you know, which when they yoga, they usually teach in that way too, pranayama yes. and then meditation. Yes. Um, and that's just because the breath primes the brain and body so well to go into meditation. Yeah, I did actually want to ask you that, so I like that you've answered that already. <laughs> that you know, we've already talked about how breath work and breathing can have such a strong impact on the body. So, 
you know, is it important for that time after breath work? It's not like you can come and do breath work and then get straight up and get on with your day, or is it? You know, what can people do? Again, depends. So if you're doing something that's more gentle, like let's say like coherence breathing, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can basically come out of that and be ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but when it comes to some of the deeper stuff, like, yeah, you don't want to get up too quickly. You want to you lie back and you want to enjoy the feeling for a while that you've mm-hmm. just created for yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and just in experience that moment of the generous present moment where you're, you know, you're still, um, sitting in the afterglow. That's what I call, you know, That's nice. well, you know, it's funny. I've been really experimenting a lot with this, with the idea of how you combine breath work with other things. So like I said, I already combined it a lot with meditation and visualization and and these kinds of like, even like NLP, CBT Mm. exercises, Mm. you can combine breath work with it and it's powerful. Um, but one, the other thing I'm interested in is, uh, movement as well. And not just lying okay. down or seated movement, but can you stand up and how quickly can you stand up? And, you know, I've done sessions. How quickly you can stand up. After, after doing breath work. Movement. Yeah. Especially if you've had a deep experience. Yeah. Do you want to just bask in that afterglow yes. or is there, an, is there a, a feeling of, you know, almost like exuberance mm. or energy that you want mm. to get up and dance, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So. I work with a DJ called Tom Middleton and we've oh, done yeah. some sessions together oh, where the idea is to do yeah. breath work and then can we get them from that supine position to the seat and to the standing and then want to dance afterwards wow. and celebrate. And we've got it right a couple of times and didn't get it right a couple of times where yeah. people just kind of just wanted to be in their space and mm. that was fine as well. Yeah. We are ready for that. But it's it's about playing with seeing what yeah. works well, you know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. It's, yeah. But it's coming along. It's nice. So you mentioned that you were in Hong Kong a few years ago when you started this journey. Mm. You've got a background in Australia because you were born here. How did you penetrate the UK wellness scene um, and, and how have you been finding it? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I, I've gotten this question a few times because I've been very... Oh, I thought it was unique. Well, no, but, no but, but I guess I'm very fortunate in that, yeah, like things have gone very nicely in mm. the last like 18 months and I'm so grateful for that. Mm. Um, and I really wish... You know, I, I could I could say I'm some sort of strategic marketing genius or something like that, and like you know was able to be very strategic about how I approach things. But you know, I I believe that if you're doing work that comes from the heart, mm. and there's also a huge element of good timing as well, mm. because mm. let's be fair, like it was perfect timing, um, <laughs> yeah. like which you can't plan for. Mm. Um, then it that resonates with people. Mm. And I also believe that when you do work from the heart, it almost doesn't even become what you're teaching anymore. People just are attracted to that, mm. um, that vibration, to that, that frequency. That offering of something bigger than... The that dream. authenticity, you yes. know, and absolutely. And everything for me has been word of mouth. Truly, I've never had PR or anything like that. My philosophy has always been just do the best that you can for people. Mm. And when it comes to breath work, it's my belief too that if you get it in front of people they will experience it and they will they will be a champion for it you know um because it kind of ha- it's kind of funny it has that interesting um effect where you're doing something so simple as breathing mm. yet it is profound so it has almost like that i call like that that's a water cooler effect where someone mm. would go to work and be like you won't believe what i just did over mm. the weekend i just lay down and breathed for 30 minutes 40 minutes and i felt like the most and uncontrollable amounts of bliss that I've ever felt in my life. Mm. You know, that gets people's attention. And yeah. then they go, oh, maybe I want to try that, you know, so. But we said that it's been around for a very long time. Mm. So what is it that 
makes people talk about your sessions and and you and your techniques that you're sharing? That's a good question too. Um, Do I know? Um, I think the thing I hear back the most is accessibility. Sharing it in such a way that it's accessible um, because and simple. Yes. Because, of course, there is so much thought and so much um, foundation in terms of what the techniques are, but... But if you cut it down to just the, the core principles and teach that and it's easily digestible and people can understand it, mm. then, you know, that, that gets shared. You know, people want to share that and they, 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 they have a language that they can use that they can then share with others. Um, because, you know, for example, pranayama, for example, you know, as soon as this, you, someone who does pranayama or does yoga goes to their friend and says, hey, like, you know, I had this amazing yoga practice mm. over the weekend. That person probably already has an association with yoga and it right. might be, oh, okay, yeah, that stuff, whatever. Um, which thank God is actually not so much the case anymore, right? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's as mainstream as it gets, which is fantastic. But, um, yeah, I, I guess maybe that's it. Accessibility. Yes. Um, nice. yeah. And, and I, I guess I, you know, I put a lot of attention and detail into creating experiences mm. at the end of the day, when people come to breathe with me, they come into a space that I have to hold and I want to make sure that that experience is as positive and as exciting and as beneficial for them as possible. Which is why, you know, I like to go above and beyond in terms of making sure the music is perfect, sense, lighting, you know, every, like to that level where I want to make sure the setting is perfect. Um, and then I guess maybe the delivery as well. Like mm-hmm. I, in my experience of breath work, I haven't met anybody who does it the same way I do it in terms mm-hmm. of the language used and the, the, the guidance. Mm-hmm. It's, I think... It was something that I thought would be that needed to happen. Yeah. So it wasn't something I learned. It's something I thought this is something that's useful. Yeah. And, so, and humans, we're sensory beings. So even yeah. though it's breath work and, and the journeys that you're mm. talking about, it looks like you've thought about the, the rest of the sensory experience and, and that creates that important space for the, people to feel comfortable in that environment. The journey starts as soon as someone walks in the room. Yeah. You know, even before they lie, sit or lie down and breathe, the, the setting... And the and the um, the experience begins from as soon as they walk through the door mm. to finding a mat to then listening to myself talk about it. You mm. know, so everything has to be in a way that is conducive to the entire experience. And um, you know, for, for when I first started, I used to be very detailed with it. I used to plan everything to a T. Now. I don't plan anything anymore in terms of... Is in that terms because of, you've had now more practice with it and it's something you do? Or yeah, yeah. And, it's, and I guess you could say with the experience now, you understand what needs to happen. Mm. And then there's definitely an element of my own journey of becoming much more intuitive yes. in terms of not really knowing what I'm going to say and it just coming out. Is that, is that one, of the, one of the benefits of a practice of breath work? I think so. Just like in meditation, as soon as you start to, to be able to calm down the normal conscious thinking mind, you start to open yourself up to all sorts of other stuff. You know, you know what we believe we can experience with our senses is just a tiny little puzzle in the grander picture of consciousness. So mm. when you are able to, yeah, start to quiet down that part, then all of a sudden everything else starts to become available to you. And whether it's just tapping into your own intuition, and this is where you can use interesting words, right? You can talk about <laughs> intuition. You can talk about the subconscious. Yeah. You can talk about universal consciousness. You can talk about channeling, all these good stuff. Um, pick your word. Doesn't so it's really kind matter. of like a gateway breath work into, into that uh, 
home, yeah. home well. It certainly was for me, you know. So I guess, you know, so many people are turning to plant medicine, right? These mm. days, it's very, very popular. Again, to mention the mushroom. NHS, I think they're looking at having CBD oils oh, through the how NHS. How good is that? Yeah. I think I saw an article just today that some yoga studios are even incorporating CBD oil into the yoga practice. Yes, so you come in I thought I you... saw something about one of your events doing something with CBD. Or were you just referencing, hey, CBD's everywhere, but what can we do ah, naturally? That, yeah, it was in the description. It's like yes. we're always searching for things outside of yes, us to change yeah. our state, whether yeah. it's CBD oil or caffeine yes, and these things. Yes. But what if uh, the greatest state changer in the world, the greatest chemical factory in the world, was yeah. it's inside of you and you just need to learn how to tap into it. That's beautiful. So your yeah. sessions are entirely about things that we can do ourselves with our own body and yeah. with our own breath. I'm not and... going to lie, I have done a cacao ceremony and then breath work as well. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's usually... Transparency. Just yeah, Transparency. of course, of course. So, Reggie, have you ever come across a technique that you didn't like? You know, because many people come to, come to certain techniques. For example, meditation. Breath work is more accessible than meditation because people can come and sit and meditate, but then not have any experience or not enjoy the experience and then not come to it again. Have you had the same sort of experience with any breathing techniques or breathwork practices? I think there are definitely techniques that affect me better than others. Yes. And what I would also say as well is that everyone's um, relationship with the breath is so specific. Mm. So as an example... Um, a very popular breath technique that seems to be doing the rounds is something called box breathing. Yeah. So that one is supposed to be fantastic for stress, for calming your nerves. Um, so box breathing is super popular these days. Super easy, super simple. Yes. does work well. However, there is definitely a segment of the population who, context, part of box breathing is that you have to hold your breath for an extended period of time. Um, a lot of people don't like to hold their breath. No. And actually no. that makes them feel anxious. Yeah. So that's a terrible technique for them actually. Yeah. And, yeah. and until you maybe you start to delve into the, ish, the uh, cause of why they uh, struggle to hold their breath, that technique's not going to be so good. Mm. So it's, it's going to trigger more things than release. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, you, so you need to really understand and be mindful of how the breath affects you. Um, which is why when it comes to, let's just say things like stress, for example, when I work with clients, I give them four techniques and say, so you try this one, then try this one, try this one, try this one. How do you feel? What does it make you think about? Can you feel something in the body? What's happening? So that we can actually work out which one's the best. Mm. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, you have to be, uh, be careful with um, being too prescriptive with breath. Yeah. Because then, for example, you give someone box breathing and say, this one works for everybody. Mm. And they do it, it makes them feel more anxious. And they go, oh, what's wrong with me? Yeah. You know, and that's that's never good either. So. so how do you balance this thing that, you know, on one hand we want to find the right teacher for ourselves? How would you balance being able to find a teacher or technique that works for you versus something I've come to know as spiritual shopping? Ooh, okay. Like a spiritual bypassing kind of thing? Yeah, just so, you know, Trungpa talks about it in one of his books. Again, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar talks about it that at some point you have to land and dive deep into something. Mm. You know, you can't just keep shopping around and, and looking because you'll never get anywhere with any of them because, as you mentioned earlier, every technique has something to offer. But at what point do you find the right teacher for breathwork or find the right technique for you? Do you know? I know it's quite an open-ended question. Yeah. I'm not at all trying to trick you here. No, but, but, but I'm just thinking back through my own experience as well and, and people that I've, I've worked with. At the end of the day... It comes down to what works for you, I think, yeah. right? And mm. and what resonates with you and, and being pretty 
objective with what's happening in your life. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I 100% agree, you know, there's plenty of people who uh, go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing, kind of searching for the answer, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they're, they're, by all means, that's really fantastic. Mm-hmm. You should definitely try stuff because maybe there is yeah. really something exciting for you there. <laughs> um, and, but I think if you find something that resonates, then there's definitely... A benefit in diving deep with that to maybe even just understand why it resonates with you mm. and then see if there's something That's else advice, yeah. yeah you know i there's a, a person recently um we were talking about this and it was the old question of you know so if all the answers are supposed to be inside of us then why do we have to go from teacher to teacher to teacher to teacher to teacher to more technique and to modality to therapy to training blah blah blah, blah, blah um, to try and find the answers like why can't we just access them inside of us and she said something that was so profound. She said, all these different techniques, schools, modalities, whatever it is that you do, is simply a tool or a mirror to be able to reflect back at you, mm. yourself. Yes. So that's why it can be useful to try different things because it's going to reflect different things back at you. Mm. But you have to be aware that that's what's happening and be mindful of that. Um but you know, for me, breath was the gateway. Yeah, so and that's, you said earlier yeah. that it opens up all these, you know, things, and it kind of sets you on a spiritual path, for want of a better word, because, like you said, the the, the conscious mind becomes quiet, and then everything opens up for you. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I um, I don't, I haven't really spoken too much publicly about this, so this is a good question. But yeah, you know, be- because of my breathwork journey, it really started to open me up completely to new experiences Mm. so then when we start to talk about things like um supernatural experiences and perhaps being able to sense things that you can't see and to be able to say things that aren't coming from you and you know these experiences i only happened because i was able to to start to quiet in that mind and Mm. allow things to to happen more and more i'm starting to become very sensitive to energy Mm. And I think we're really lucky that we have some beautiful teachers who are able to communicate what we're perhaps what what has been sitting in ancient cultures forever yes. in ways that's starting to become more digestible and also create practices that sure are definitely leveraging existing practices but you know packaging it slightly different so that just because you don't believe in energy doesn't mean that you can't benefit from something for mm. example so like. You know, the guys like the Joe Dispenzers and the mm-hmm. um, Greg Bradens and Deepak Chopra's been around forever, you know, being able to explain things that in a way that perhaps is a little bit more digestible for us cl- quite often closed-minded Western world, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one thing I'll say, because, you know, I this, this world has only been relatively new to me, only like the last six years, mm-hmm. is that whenever something triggers you, so maybe someone uses a word or talks about something. People talk, you know, maybe talk about you know, spirit or, or energy or any of these kinds of words. Um, you can just start to reflect on why does it trigger you? Yeah. Like why is it that that, that makes you feel bad mm, or makes you feel, oh, oh yeah, yeah, why? Because does it, is it scary? Is it, you know, why is it just because it's something you don't know about? And mm. in which case, you know, maybe there's an opportunity to, put the label to the side and reserve judgment and then just see if you can have an ex- just experience and then make up your own mind afterwards. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and maybe again, that's where breath work sits in is because you can just have an experience without necessarily needing to understand any sort of philosophy or yes. 
any kind of uh, spiritual religious dogma, you can just breathe and something profound can happen for you. Yeah. So you also talked about, you know, how this field has been opening up more and more things for you. Do you think this is going to come into your sessions in the future? What's what's next in the world of uh, breathwork? What do you think is the next big thing? And, and what can people expect from Richie Bostock, the breath guy, this year and in the coming years? Yes. So the short answer to that question is that all my details are on uh, my website, thebreathguy.com. Um, I do a lot of announcements on there and also Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, The Breath Guy. Um, f- I am finally, it's been on the agenda for a while, uh, building an app that means that you can experience these breathwork journeys from the comfort of your own home, uh, have a little breath guy in your pocket. And uh, <laughs> so that's been something that's been, everyone's been asking for for a long time and it's been on the agenda for a long time and we're finally in the process now building it. So hopefully that will come out um, late spring, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that's called awesome. Flourish. And Lovely. yeah, and I also have a book coming out in September. It's my first book, which is very exciting. And that's called Exhale. And uh, basically, it is the breathwork book I wish I had when I first started. Oh, it's okay. designed to be very, very um, accessible, approachable. It's not necessarily going too deep into um, where breathwork can go, but it's giving you the starting point, like mm-hmm. the roadmap. So mm-hmm. not only does it provide all sorts of techniques around how you can use the breath and provides science as well, but it also gives you an idea of what this breathwork world looks like. Because mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest questions I get is like, where do I start? And it's very hard to give like a yeah. guide. So you know, I, I list a lot of people who are doing great things in the breathwork world and whether you're an athlete, you know, the, the, you'll see people who are doing stuff for athletes, mm-hmm. whether it's for any medical issues, I'll reference people who are doing great things with medical issues so that you can then find them and uh and then enjoy their work mm. so it's hopefully my idea is just like the best book for someone who just wants to get started yeah. and just needs a, a place to begin that was the goal and i think it's turned out really well so i'm excited for that to come out Absolutely. amazing yeah uh, we ask all of our guests to provide a short month or a meditation at the end of our session and as we are coming towards the end of our of our session do you have something that you'd want to share with our listeners um that has a good takeaway okay i can give you a give you a little mantra or saying that i absolutely love and the first time i heard it was from a man by the name of uh, dr richard bandler Mm -hmm. who was the creator of nlp uh neuro-linguistic programming yes and um yeah he said it once he said it once in one of his workshops um but it simply goes along the lines of that freedom is everything and love is all the rest because I believe that there are two things that if you can, you know, really get right or, or bring into your life and experience in your life, then have such a profound effect on, mm-hmm. on your overall happiness and, and quality and experience of what this life is. The freedom to be yourself safely mm-hmm. without worries of, your, of danger or that can be perceived just by judgment um, or by worries about what people will think about you. The ability to be purely yourself, the freedom to be yourself and to be able to express yourself mm. um, is one. And then obviously love, self-love, loving relationships with the people outside of you. The real, not, it's not just like Hollywood firework love. It's mm. like the, you know, the, the real, I, I, the got your, I got your back love, yeah. you know, like it's that, that's that, you know, that support, mm. you know, that's, um, 
one person asked me, I was actually on a panel a little while ago, and it was about confidence, self-confidence, and they asked, what's your definition of confidence for you? And I just I was thinking about it, because they didn't give us the questions beforehand, so I, <laughs> I was kind of put on the spot, and I went, I think for me it's feeling safe. Mm. I think if you feel safe in wherever you are, then mm. you are just able to be you, and that's mm. kind of perceived as confidence yes. you know yes, yes. um so yeah freedom to be you and yeah. and to give and receive love love that quote by rich brenda thank you so mm. much for giving thank that you. to us and our listeners yeah so um richie thank you so much for taking the time out to be with us today and i know you're very busy you're traveling a lot but you've you've come to be with us today in london for the recording so thank you i hope you've enjoyed it thank yeah. you so much richie. we'll see you soon see you very soon thank you for more information about the Wellbeing Festival, visit mindbodyspirit.co.uk. I've been your host, Parvini Vias, and this episode was produced by Josh Roberts and our sound engineer, Erin Milliken. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back very soon. <laughs>